0: Hello and welcome to the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Today is a special edition as I've been away on vacation for the last little bit. And I apologize for my absence. However, I'm going to cover some Smash Wrestling information along with the From the Factory production line interviews that uh, have happened with the Double Shot with our first two wrestlers coming out of the school. Then tomorrow we'll do another follow-up with all the news from WWE Ring of Honor, and Impact Wrestling, along with the all-in pay-per-view coming up very soon. But as I said, today we're going to just cover information involving Smash Wrestling, including an interview that was conducted a couple days ago with Gordon and myself talking to James, one of the top guys for management at Smash Wrestling. Thanks for joining me, and I'll be right back after this message with from the production line. Coming this October 26th to the 28th at the Western Fair Agriplex, it's the 5th Annual London Comic-Con presented by Start.ca and London's Best Rock FM 96. Scheduled to appear are former UFC champion and former WWE Intercontinental hardcore and tag team champion Ken Shamrock the most dangerous man on the planet you'll also see from Star Trek The Next Generation Deanna Troy, Maria uh, Sertis from Buffy the Vampire Slayer Spike James Marsters the Yellow Power Ranger Serena Vincent Ted Ramey from Ash vs. Evil Dead and Xena Warrior Princess. Star Wars Bounty Hunter himself, Boba Fett, Daniel Logan will appear. Plus, many more names to be announced in the upcoming weeks. It's a three day celebration of art, comics, and pop culture with celebrity guests, vendors, and more. Don't miss Southwestern Ontario's largest fan event. Tickets are on sale now. For more information, Go to Cody Diener recently shared that he is now a recommended speaker for the Canadian Student Leadership Association The Leader's Edge. Their mission is to support and encourage student leadership in Canada. This directly lines up with Cody's own mission. To contact Cody Deaner regarding inquiries email him directly at Cody underscore Diener at Hotmail.com Also throughout the months of june and july cody will be raising money for the lansdowne children's center every kid counts program 100 percent of the money raised from his cartoon character poster sales goes to this amazing program you can donate at shows or purchase a poster online directly from cody once again at cody underscore Diener at hotmail.com be sure to support Kerry Deaner wherever you see him or online. For a new segment on the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast, direct from the Tyson Dukes wrestling factory, it's from the production line. A look at the new students that Tyson produces from the factory. We'll ask the questions of how they got started and where they plan on going, what their experience has been and what their inspirations were. Over the next couple weeks, we'll talk to each of his uh, students and get a new profile and see where they start and where their future is. We'll follow up a year later, hopefully, and see where their career has taken them. Already, some of their students have participated in dark matches for Smash Wrestling. Hey everybody, this is uh, this Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. We're uh, doing part one of uh, From the Factory and I'm here with uh, Jordan James. How are you doing today? I'm good, how are you doing? Yeah, doing well. I stopped by the uh, school and uh, this is my second time here and it's pretty cool. How long have you been here? Uh, I've been here since about October, so it's been about seven, eight months, something like that. So pretty much right from the start when it uh, opened? Yep, day one. I've been here since day one. Awesome, Uh, so uh, what was your earliest memory of wrestling that got you hooked?
1: Uh, I think I was probably like grade one and I was not supposed to be watching wrestling and I kind of found it by accident. I just, I remember I believe it was Shawn Michaels was in the first match I
0: ever really saw and I was just blown away immediately. Yeah, awesome. I was probably about the same age, about 10 years old and in my case it was Savage and Steamboat. Yeah. Just leading up to WrestleMania three. So Shawn Michaels is definitely one of those guys that you are in awe of when you first see them. Oh, so. Absolutely. So obviously uh, he's he was one of your inspirations for getting into the business. Oh absolutely. I
1: I've always loved Shawn Michaels. I was a huge Shawn Michaels fan growing up. I actually almost cried when he retired. It was a pretty sad day for me, but... (laughs) WrestleMania
0: versus Undertaker? Yeah. The only guy to actually live up to a retirement match as opposed to everybody else who retires. And, oh, no, I didn't lie. Yep, yep. So, so far, what's been uh, the highlight of your uh, career?
1: Uh, Probably my first real
0: smash match, the first one on April 29th.
1: It was huge. It was just, the crowd was wild. It was... uh, my first tag match, really, and I got to tag team with a bunch of the guys from the school. We got to work together. It was just a dream come true, really.
0: Yeah, it was a pretty good uh, match. I know uh, I was like right on the camera side and uh, second row watching you guys uh, do that and everybody started off with, okay, like who are you guys not knowing, and by the end of the match, everybody was just like in awe of how well you guys have progressed and it's been only, what, October till April at that point. Yep. So it was really cool. Uh, So obviously, uh, that's one of the biggest matches that stuck out to you. Uh, Have you done any other matches on other cards?
1: Uh, Yeah, I've been in uh, Fort Erie and Barrie and those were a lot of fun. I worked a few matches in Toronto. It was tons of fun working in Toronto. I worked about three shows in Toronto. It was a lot of fun, a lot of good experience. Barry was fun, again, tag team match with my good tag team partner, Jim Strider. Me and him have a good thing going on. And Is he one of the students uh, here? Yep, Jim's one of the students here. He's great, awesome.
0: Right. Awesome, yeah, so we'll uh, definitely be getting to Jim uh, in this series. Um, so, also, what, how would you describe your uh, training here at the factory?
1: Oh, it's uh, It's hard work. It's a lot of hard work and dedication. Tyson makes you work for it, absolutely, but... It's so much fun at the same time. You got a lot of the hard work, dedication, and fun is really the best way to explain the factory.
0: Yeah, uh, I was going to ask a question earlier because of uh, I went to the Northern tournament in uh, Toronto, yep. and they had a couple of intergender matches. And I was wondering, like, how your thought processes and that, because like, obviously you're training uh, together with male and female. It's not separation. And were you hesitant about it at first when you started training?
1: Uh, yeah, I was, and then I took a forearm from a from one of the girls and. My God, that was, yeah. then I kind of realized, all right, uh, this means business, they mean business, and it's it's go time. I had to treat them the exact same as the guys, and just work them the exact same way, work them just as hard. And I think they are a lot of fun to work with.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, it's kind of a unique thing on the indie circuit, because the uh, people like in WD aren't doing inter unless you count what they're doing with Asuka and Ellsworth right now, but that could also be inspired by what the indie scene is doing. And I think it's awesome that that's now considered, because it's an art form and not necessarily violence, that as long as you're even with each other, Mm-hmm. all sparing game. Yeah, well, the women are
1: absolutely stepping it up. They're really, really good wrestlers. There's a lot of really good women wrestlers. There's a lot of women wrestlers that are actually better than some men, so I think, honestly, it's a really
0: good thing. Yeah, they're no longer the diva or the model. They're actually going in there and wanting to perform, so it's really cool.
1: Yeah, it's really, really cool. I love
0: it. So what do you have coming up, and how can people uh, get in touch with you? Um,
1: I have a show in Smash on in London on Saturday, July 13th, or 14th, sorry about that, <laughs> and it's going to be a six-man tag with a few of the guys from the school. It's going to be really interesting, and if you want to get in touch with me, follow me at JJames Wrestling on Instagram and Twitter.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for your time. And we'll uh, definitely uh, see your progress from the factory to the big time and see where it takes you. Thank you. Thanks for your time. Thank you. If you're looking to get into the wrestling business, check out the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. This school is located right here in London, Ontario, Canada. Learn from one of Canada's best wrestlers around. It's located at 309 Exeter Road, And it's open Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, 6 p.m. till 8.30 p.m. The Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory, teaching the new generation of hopefuls into superstars. And we're here with the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast at uh, the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. We're doing the Fun Factory uh, section again, and we're with Alec... Realm, sir. Alec Realm. Sorry, I'm just getting used to everybody's uh, name. And uh, so, yeah, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Not too bad. Just, you know, training, putting the reps in. Awesome. Um, so, how long have you been here at the uh, factory?
2: So, I started back when we were over at the Velodrome, uh, and that was back in the end of October or so. So, so you are one of the first Crops of Students, yeah, yeah, just like
0: uh, Jordan was? Yeah, two, two
2: weeks after they opened, okay. I, I was here.
0: Cool. Um, so, what's your earliest uh, memory of wrestling that got you hooked on it?
2: Well, like, wrestling actually goes beyond my first memories. Like I. I can't tell you at all the first match I saw. Like, I I actually have no idea. Um, I, it was just always like a constant, like presence in the home. Uh, Like I've never known a time in life where like I didn't, you know, uh, I, I didn't have wrestling present, but I can tell you, uh, one match that really, really did it for me was when uh, WrestleMania 21, uh, Kurt Angle and John Michaels had that, like, it was like, 30 or 40 minutes or something like that. And it was the first full WrestleMania that I was able to sit through and, like, watch the whole thing. And I remember that match stuck out to me more than anything, just, like, Shawn selling and, you know, like, the whole, uh, like, just how, how well they, uh, they worked the ankle and, like, just the crowd and everything about it. I was just, like, just immediately taken in.
0: Yeah, it's a really good choice, and that's why they call him Mr. Wrestlemania, so, and I have a feeling a lot of the uh, students of this generation are definitely influenced by uh, just, the just work of Just a little Shawn. bit,
2: just a little bit, you know, he's, he's, he's a little bit of a presence. Yeah, he's he's, he's
0: definitely known as the guy who could uh, wrestle broomstick and make it look good. For sure, so, for sure. Yeah, a good choice for anybody to look back on and be inspired by. Um, so, yeah, obviously that was your inspiration for getting into the business. What's been your highlight so far?
2: Uh, like, as a performer or yeah. just as, like, a spectator? Well, as a performer, I would say it was probably my debut in the, for the musical, absolutely. Uh, I've, like, I still haven't, I get kind of, like, I've never been able to actually put it into words to anybody, like, how, like, that day felt for me, but it, everything just, like, spe- like from, like, getting in the ring and, you know, and just feeling the crowd and, you know, even hearing that final bell ring and just rolling out and going to the back, I was just like, yeah, this is this is right. This is where I need to be, you
0: know. Yeah, that's awesome. I know I ran into you, uh, I think, just before uh, that at Fanshawe College, and we had chatted about, yeah, you yeah. know, how things uh, are really up and coming, and it was awesome to see you and the other uh, guys uh, do your debut match on April 29th. That crowd, as Jordan and I talked about, was kind of iffy on, you know, who are these guys? And, you know, it's like, oh, it started off slow. And you could probably tell that there were some nerves there with all four of you. But then you guys got into your comfort zone and really started
2: to kind of like bring everybody in. And then everyone started to come with us a little bit. But I I like that. I like coming into like uh, a crowd and everyone being like, who are these guys? Like, you know, and then winning them over by the end. And then everyone's, you know, it's a different story, you know, when you come out the next time with those people. They're a, little, they're a little more, oh, okay, yeah, you know. We
0: know who yeah, this we, is. we've or...
2: seen these guys.
0: Yeah, so, and then at the end of that match, there was a good standing ovation for you guys. For yeah, sure.
2: no, that was, I didn't expect that at all, actually. That <coughs> sure. that kind of blew me away, to be honest. Like, just because, you know, like, we've been wrestling each other and training for the past, like, six, seven months. And, like, you know, it just felt like another day at the office, kind of. And then, like, you know. Just to get that reaction was just like I said, like very, very validating. Like I was like, okay, you know, I I definitely have put the work in at the right school. I've you know, with the right people.
0: So since that day, uh, where else have you uh, wrestled and we, gone against?
2: We uh, we wrestled uh, so the same guys that, that debuted at the music hall. So that'd be uh, me, uh, Kyle Boone, Jim Strider, and Jordan James. We re- we also wrestled a tag match in Barry. And then I also had the opportunity to work in Toronto and Fort Erie as well, uh, also tag matches, and I got a, I got one singles in there as well, which was great because uh, it's you know it's a very it's a very different animal when you're in there uh, as a, it, like it's one on one. You know what I mean, it's very, uh, it's a lot, I don't wanna say it's a lot more pressure, I think it's just a lot more focus,
0: you know what I mean? Understandable. So it's been basically the four of you traveling around together? Yeah, basically,
2: you know, just.
0: Same shows as Tyson?
2: Yeah, basically just work all the, the most of the same shows as Tyson. We've done like one or two where he wasn't there, but like mostly this, we're just traveling around with Tyson, you know, just getting experience, getting our reps in.
0: Excellent. Uh, so how would you describe your uh, training here at the uh, factory?
2: It's been phenomenal, honestly. Like I, uh, before I was, I got into wrestling. I was uh, into martial arts, and he Tyson is very similar to the way my martial arts instructor ran his school. Just very like a lot of like just reps, uh, like you know, like we we run a lot of like just drills, and we uh, it's very uh, it's very disciplined. Like I, I really enjoy, but it's it's also relaxed. Like it's not it doesn't. Uh, I never feel out of my comfort zone here, you know?
0: Yeah, I've noticed uh, while watching you guys uh, train that um, Tyson's not really a drill sergeant in that sort of uh, manner that maybe some other trainers have that reputation for, but I love the fact that you guys are able to figure out what you want to do and present it to him and then he tweaks it for you. Well, the
2: thing I like about Tyson is he's able to adjust his uh, teaching style to anybody to literally anybody like for me i like for me you just gotta you just gotta yell at me lots so that's just kind of how i learned like just through like repetition and you know going over things a lot but you know that might not work for somebody else you know so maybe that's you know that makes somebody else uncomfortable so and he can he's very good at like sensing that and like adjusting his coaching style to different people i've noticed for sure
0: so uh, lately, the uh, intergender type matches are really popular age, on uh, the indie scene, and I guess maybe WWE's picking up on it with the Oscar and Ellsworth, James Ward. Or- yeah. Ellsworth uh, stuff. Maybe not the t- best two to put together, but it's happening. Yeah, uh, but at so, least it's happening. what was your uh, thought uh, when training and found out that you were going to be doing intergender type?
2: I thought it was great, man. Like, you know, it's it's a cool uh, like spin on wrestling in a lot of ways uh and like for for like a lot of people would say oh you know it's uh you know it's sexist this this, is that i honestly think it's more sexist to not have people you know intergender wrestle you know what i mean like who said like and the girls are tough these days like they can go like and they and they've proven that you know and as like that's the thing as long as they can hang you know like why not like what's the harm
0: they're not here to be divas anymore like how they were in the uh mid uh, late '90s and early 2000s, they the women, regardless of what organization, seem to want to be yeah, no the wrestler. And not s- and
2: some nights, like they're they're kicking ass more than the guys are. You know what I'm saying? Like so like uh, this past year at uh, WrestleMania, I thought Charlotte and Oscar was like maybe besides that uh, the, the tag match with uh, like Rousey, I thought that that match would stole the show as far as like one on one contests go. It was incredible, you know. So like it's not like. They can't go and they can't keep up with us, so why not?
0: For sure. Um, so, what do you have coming up uh, next, and uh, where can people reach out to you?
2: So, uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Alec Realm. Uh, just, uh, just follow me up there. I usually post all my dates. We will be uh, at the uh, London Music Hall, July fourteenth, uh, with the Smash and CZW crossover. That's my next booking. I don't have any other bookings that I know of right now other than that, but uh, we're obviously you know always looking and always just on the go and just stay tuned you know I hate I hate saying that but yeah stay tuned.
0: <laughs> yeah understandable it seems kind of cliche and corny at the same time so yeah. Uh, but yeah, thanks for your time yeah, and sure. uh, we'll see you around. All the best for you this weekend.
2: My name is The Muscle, Smash Wrestling's hottest free agent. I toss bodies and wheel hotties, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast. Yeah.
0: Cody Diener recently shared that he is now a recommended speaker for the Canadian Student Leadership Association, The Leader's Edge. Their mission is to support and encourage student leadership in Canada. This directly lines up with Cody's own mission. To contact Cody Diener regarding inquiries, email him directly at Cody underscore Diener at hotmail.com. Also throughout the months of June and July, Cody will be raising money for the Lansdowne Children's Center Every Kid Counts program. 100% of the money raised from his cartoon character poster sales goes to this amazing program. You can donate at shows or purchase a poster online directly from Cody. Once again, at Cody underscore Diener at Hotmail.com Be sure to support Cody Diener wherever you see him or online. of loudmouth scumbags that just want attention. Your cell phones Hold your applause And shut your mouth.
2: Ladies and gentlemen This is Brent Money Banks And you are listening to Scumbags of Wrestling
0: Scumbags
2: is money
0: Are you looking to get your own Scumbags wrestling t-shirt or the Scumbags Podcast t-shirt? Well look no further than our friends over at Twisted Tees at twistedteesmerch.com Since their company launched in 2006, they've become one of the top screen printers known for their large, colorful, high-detail prints. Their theory behind what they decide to print is simple: it's about keeping it real and taking you back to your early years, browsing through endless movies at your local video store, only to be sucked in by the very intriguing cover art. Even if the movie itself wasn't so great, it's that original cover that will always remain locked inside your head. Over the years, they've become even more creative with introducing limited edition designs, with the amazing feedback they received from their Warriors and Zombies hoodies, as well as their button-up work shirts. They will bring you even more one-of-a-kind designs. All their products are screen-printed and embroidered directly in their shop. They don't use any outside sources to produce their goods, nor do they use cheap iron-ons. They guarantee heads will turn when you wear Twisted Tees to your next outing. Twisted Tees also provides printing for kill effect shock stock monsters of schlock shadow uh, wooden brook and vagrancy films so look out for twisted tees online once again at twistedteesmerch.com and get your own scumbags the wrestling t-shirt for just 25 dollars And that was a double shot of the from the production line segments that are happening from the factory of Tyson Dukes. I'd like to thank Jordan and Alec for being a part of these two interviews and look forward to having Jim Strider and Violet Lee being a part of future episodes coming up over the next couple weeks. And I'll be returning to the factory to interview even more of the students and present them here on our special From the Factory production line segments. Stay tuned for the exclusive interview with James Key, conducted by Gordon and myself earlier this week. In other Smash Wrestling news, we had results sent to us from the Sunday night show on the final of the Smash vs. CCW Tour. The tour ended at the Phoenix in Toronto, the following are the results. Cycle Mike Rollins won a fatal four-way match against Brandon Kirk, Scotty O'Shea, and Trey Miguel. The Rep defeated TDT. John Greed beat DJ Hyde. Marion Reed defeated Mark Wheeler. MJF retained the CCW Championship with a victory over Kevin Blackwood. Walter beat Matt Cross to retain the defiant internet title. Plus, the Pillars, Brent Banks, Tarek, and Tyson Dukes beat the team of Malice, consisting of Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and Vanessa Craven. There was also a confrontation between Sebastian Suave and Tarek to set up their match at Super Showdown 6. Speaking of Super Showdown 6, it comes to you Sunday, August twenty-sixth, from the Phoenix in Toronto. Essentially, it is the card that they build all year for and put on the biggest show of the year. Over the last couple weeks, the card has been shaping up, and here is the rundown of what to expect at Super Showdown Six: Daniel Garcia versus Brent Banks versus John Greed versus Kevin Bennett in a four-way match. There'll be a last-man-standing match as Sebastian Suave will take on Tarek. A grudge match featuring Scotty O'Shea and Kevin Blackwood. A boxes, ladders, and tables match. A BLT match for the tag team titles as Wild Oil Machines defend against the Super Smash Brothers, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Tessa Blanchard will make a very special appearance as she will face Vanessa Craven. And the Smash Championship will finally be decided as it currently sits vacant, but Joey Janela will challenge Tyson Dukes, who won the Northern Tournament, to determine who the new Smash Wrestling Championship owner will be. And also, there will be a triple threat match featuring Jeff Cobb, PCO, formerly known as pierre Carl Ulette and Brody King. This is sure to be an amazing night of great action, as Smash always uh, delivers far beyond what it looks like on paper. Get your tickets by going online to smash-wrestling.com and find out how you can be a part of Super Showdown 6 on Sunday, August 26th from the Phoenix in Toronto. With any further waiting, here's our exclusive interview with James Key from Smash Wrestling. And we have James on the line.
3: How are you today, James?
0: Uh, I'm doing well. How are you? You're doing good. Uh, so it's Gordon and I with the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Smash Wrestling. <laughs> awesome hey james how you doing
4: uh i'm doing okay i'm uh currently on the road so um you know keeping it safe hands-free you know
3: so you're not in toronto right now oh no i'm in toronto oh you're just driving yes sir that's crazy multi-pass driving in toronto that's nuts (laughs) (laughs) hi yeah anyways yeah so we had a little platform uh kind of small little platform to do with little three quick mini part here with you where we do the a brief history of smash where you could kind of uh, tell people anyone that is listening that doesn't really know much about smash kind of the history how long the who's in them and then little quick questions from sean you know smaller questions and then kind of what what's coming up in the near future with smash you know some of your events that are coming and what fantastic sounds great right on so uh yeah so, the brief history of Smash, like, you know, how long has the company been around for? You know, where did it start out? You know, who, who ran it? Who, who got it going? Et cetera, Yeah. cetera. Yeah. Um, so, brief
4: history, um, you know, as brief as I can make it, uh, Smash Wrestling has been in operation for about, I would say, almost six years now. I think uh, it'll be six years in, um, I guess, November, October. Uh, it was started by, uh, you probably know him as Sebastian Suave. Uh, he, right. he started the company in 2012 and um, it really was, um, I think, you know if you ever hear him talk about it, it came about uh, you know, a place where you know, he can kind of cultivate, I mean, with anything that anybody creates, their own idea, their own vision uh, of wrestling. And I think at the time he felt there was something missing in the area. Um, So, you know, the first uh, show, Inception, um, had Matt Cross versus Brent Banks as the uh, main event, uh, I believe. Uh, And, you know, um, it started rolling from there. I attended my first show was, I think, the fourth show into the uh, company's lifespan. No, uh, maybe third show um, was uh, it was any given Sunday. And it was with uh, Kevin Steen versus, supposedly supposed to be Kevin Steen versus Johnny Gargano, but it turned into a tag match with Kevin Steen and Tyson Dukes versus Johnny Gargano and hacker Scotty O'Shea. And uh, I fell in love. And, uh, you know, it was a mutual friend of ours, Arda Ocal, that uh, had me go to that event and I just knew that I wanted to help out. And, uh, you know, uh, I talked with Sebastian and uh, eventually, you know, he had me chipping in on a few things here and there. And as things grew, you know, you, you'd you were able to come up with ideas and contribute on a greater level. And, and that's how things uh, started rolling for me.
3: Uh, So so you came in as a fan just to go see a show, some, some cool guys on the show and whatnot. And then you were just like, wow. Yeah. uh, Basically.
4: I mean, to be honest, uh, I was just getting into independent wrestling uh, around that time. And, um, you know, I'd always kind of paid attention to it. I was really big into ring of honor uh, and things like that, and I think that's why I was so drawn, like Kevin Steen was here, and I was stoked to see that up close, and uh, yeah, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, there was a, a a spot for what I could bring, and um, I'm happy that Sebastian gave me the opportunity, and they've become, uh, you know, all the people there, some of my closest friends, and not long after, uh, Alan Taylor joined, uh, bringing his set of skills in production and web development and all those sorts of things, so um, you know, we all have a, a keen sense of uh, wrestling and what we want to see. And sometimes, you know, they, they collide, but we all work together as family. These guys are, are my family now. And, um, you know, from there, uh, I, I would say, you know, we started pushing the envelope for what we could accomplish uh, not as friends and as a company, um, which led to things like Chris Hero versus AJ Styles at any given Sunday, too. Um, which was a year after. So that's how, that's how quickly the ball started rolling. I started at Any Given Sunday. And every Given Sunday, too, we're, um, we're selling out and standing room and, and tearing down our entrance rates so people can watch uh, Chris Hero and AJ Styles go one-on-one. So, um, yeah, it's just it, – and it rolls from there. I mean, there are certain landmarks uh, for us uh, for growth, such as, you know, the Smash Wrestling versus Progress Weekend. Uh, which I think was big for us, uh, selling out a mystery show last year uh, and things like that. And it's really, you know, a testament, I think, to everyone's efforts and really, you know, not just caring about uh, the wrestling, but caring about the culture and the community we've created.
0: I I interviewed Alan at the Dressing show, and he seemed to have the same uh, introduction story as you did, but being a fan and finding a niche of what he can offer and just weaving into the uh, business and creating what we see today. So it's awesome.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I think everyone has a, a very similar uh, origin story with smash wrestling. It's, you know, you, you have the ability to to make a difference and you're passionate about it and and you make that commitment to, to make the difference. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, all of our motivations are we want to put on shows that, you know, we would want to see. And, you know, it starts like that. And now it's, you know, it's developing into stories we want to tell, moments we want to create and memories that we want others to experience. And it's uh, and it's crazy to think that we've come to a spot now where, you know, we've been able to develop some of our, our own homegrown talent into that top tier talent. Um, because you know the, the we were so passionate about the, the product
3: yeah it's awesome i, I mean back when when it, when smash first i guess was was formed and born i had no idea it was a company i i'll be honest i never knew what it was and uh, but at the same time i wasn't really really strong following indie wrestling either I was mostly just a fed guy and you know what was it, whatever was on tv at the time and when the first so the first experience I had with Smash was at Fanshawe College there just by hearsay happened to hear of it and it was the Joey Ryan versus Johnny Gargano right and whoa like not not just that match but I mean, sure those were some nice names to bring in but man the whole fun it was so fun I think it was Casey Spinelli versus Leah Vaughn was on the card and then some others you know Brent Banks I believe was there and the the, the well oil machines but he was Pepper and Ali was there I think. It was just awesome. It was just a uh, uh, cherry bomb at the time, though. And it was just awesome. Like, I was like, what is this? Like, I- I've never heard of this. And I had to go home and like go on the internet and type in smash wrestling and see what's going on with it. And like, wow, this is pretty cool. And I uh, never even wrestling came to London like this. And it was just awesome. So, I mean, right from that moment, I was like, wow, I love this. And I was just hooked. I'm like, okay, I'm going. <laughs>
4: yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I think we've always said that I think people have this aversion to independent wrestling sometimes because of, some things they see somewhere not really living up to their expectations, um, and we want to exceed people's expectations. But that, and we, we firmly believe in in uh, under promising, over delivering, or never never uh, committing to something we can't do. Um, you know, we we don't want to say we're this or we're that, or we can do this and we can do that. And you know, it's it's rather let our our work, our presentation, our shows speak for themselves. And I think to what you were saying. You look at uh, the past shows uh, with Combat Zone, this, like just uh, the other weekend, uh, London was packed. And it's a, you know, I think it's a testament to people really buying into to what we can bring to the table.
3: Yeah, I think it's also a testament too, to, and I've been saying this to anyone who will listen, Sean can testify to it. I mean, I since I since met you guys, since I came into contact with you guys through Smash at the shows and whatnot, you're all humble. You're all nice, you, you know, from from you and, and, and Seb and Alan to Scott and Brad to April on the cameras, to to the talent from you know that that interact with you. Whether it be like Kevin Bennett walked up and shook my hand one day when I was just sitting there, and you know, does 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 he know who I am? Probably not. Does he care? Probably not. But I mean, to see that you know, there's a fan that comes out to the show all the time, just comes over and says hi. That's you know, every one of you guys treats that i've seen anyways the fans that they see over and over again that they've had interaction with on social media or at the shows with respect and i mean it goes a long way you know? and, uh, to further
4: to further onto that comment and to prove that i firmly believe that what you say is important i remember our first conversation you and i was in the parking lot at cowboy's ranch after that show yeah uh, with johnny gargano and sebastian Swab as the uh, the main event and we we talked for a good 10 to 15 minutes with uh, the group of your friends there, about how um, you know you wanted to help spread the word and make sure like we could um, you know Smash Wrestling had a home in London. So you know thank you for that because um, like like you said this uh, we firmly believe
3: in that community and that stuff doesn't go unnoticed. So thank you, Gord. No worries, that was awesome. Anything I can do, I, I say it all the time. Anything I can say this for or to help Smash, I will. I mean it's and it's glad about way to see like you know other ways like like for example Tyson Dukes, who's a Smash guy. He's got a school here in our town now, and he's got friends of mine training there and stuff. So it's kind of just cool. And like he, and another thing too, same thing. He was super humbled a little while ago. There he was doing his stuff with TNA for a little bit, and he uh, he let my friends come in. We paid like ten bucks or something. We all trained all afternoon for you know just to get a little idea, run the ropes, whatever. And he wasn't even able to be there, but uh, Derek Wild, Dennis Stewart, he trained us for the afternoon. And Tyson was all super cool about it. You know, what I mean, like it just. The the, with smash wrestling i find the talent the, the 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 producers the management whatever the fans everyone seems to gel and get along and respect one another and i think it's awesome
4: yeah and that's really the best part i mean if we can create something beyond wrestling something that's um intangible that brings people together you know on days where there aren't shows or you know people have said that they make new friends or they, we've helped with social anxieties or whatever. Like, that's that's what it's about. I mean, the wrestling is, is I mean, how we do it. But what we're able to, to build from a community standpoint is, is paramount.
3: Well, it's, it's it's clearly noticeable that you guys are doing a great job. I mean, you guys are... Every time you come to London, it's getting bigger. You guys have these crazy shows in Toronto. You're branching off to places like Sarnia. From what Sean tells me, the Dresden show was a hit. I mean, it's clearly clearly you guys are doing something right and you guys are doing a great job at it so well
0: thank you yeah, i gotta got throw in that sentiment as well like that uh same show that was Gord's first show was my first show too and beforehand i'd seen independent wrestling here in london and it was not as crisp and fun and it kind of died out and then you guys brought it back because i'd heard about smash through Art O'Cal up in toronto area but not really in this area and now that you guys have branched out it's been amazing and that's why when we were able to start this whole podcast thing, we kind of adopted Smash as our organization that we highlight and want to get out there and help support. So every show starts off with Smash News and everything before we go to the big guys. Well, it's it's
4: appreciated, and thank you very much. It is um, it is very humbling that uh, that people you know care about what we do. Um, you know, there's no greater reward than someone, uh, you know, part of my French, giving a shit about, about the work you put in. So um, it's,
3: uh, it's very, very uh, humbling. Thank you. Awesome. Well, I would like to get to the part where I get to ask you a couple of questions about, you know, just fan type questions because I, I dig that shit. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, so I guess I'll, I, one that I have in mind right away is, and without like calling anybody out or being an <laughs> asshole or whatever. Some of the, you've had some pretty cool guys, like you said, come through the doors, you know, whether it be the Chris Heros and the AJ Styles and the Kevin Steens, the Drew Gulak's, whatever, Johnny Garganos. Out of all those guys, on a personal level, which guy did you have the most fun with and did, did you hit it off with the most that you think is like a super awesome guy? Um, there... I'm sure they all are, <laughs> but I just mean like which guy for you the, did you really just hit it off with?
4: There's uh, two that, that immediately come to mind and stand above the others just because uh, we we cultivated more of a personal relationship than the others, and that's uh, that's uh, Chris Hero, Cash Asono and uh, yeah. Kevin Steen and Kevin Owens. Uh, Kevin is probably the coolest guy um, I've ever met. He uh, he's one of those guys that doesn't um, he's not he's not very, he doesn't look down on anyone. He's very like even headed, very humble. Um, and he's just an all-around good guy. I just – he did me – when – I used to produce for Aftermath, the radio show that Arto Cal was on. And yep. When it went under, because Rogers had bought the score, um, I wanted to do journalism for wrestling. And he did me so many uh, – like, he helped me in so many ways from being, like, my first interview to then saying, hey, man, like, I can help you with this. Like, let me get you in contact with people. And he would bring me backstage at Ring of Honor shows to introduce me to people so that I could interview them and stuff.
3: That's awesome. And that's
4: the kind of guy he is. Um, like, he's just, he's that cool of a dude. And, and Chris, what can I say? I mean, I've never met a more soft-spoken, uh, reason, reasonable individual than, uh, than Chris. Uh, he's just, he's one of those guys who just cares about like, what other people are doing. And he's got such a mind for professional wrestling that you just sit there and talk shop and you just soak in all you can because he just has so many great ideas and he's just so much knowledge uh, in there. And, uh, now and you got he's a question, always Sean? willing to share. And, and he, doesn't, he doesn't talk down to you about it. Like, he coaches you through it. And that's why uh, he's awesome. But the other guys, too, like Gargano is the most approachable uh, guy. He's so awesome. Um, you know he, everything that's being said about and everything he's getting he deserves him and Candace. They're, they're the best people in the world
3: so that's it's funny you. that you say those two guys though mm-hmm. it's funny that you say that about uh, Kevin and, 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 and Chris there because it, oh, just as a fan perspective like I'm sure they're great people their characters on TV I just never got behind those two wrestlers <laughs> And uh, I just I I I respect every wrestler for doing it, but I just never got behind those guys like Kevin Owens, like I was saying earlier to Sean. By himself, he bores me, but when he's with Sammy or Chris Jericho or someone, I, I find him highly entertaining. And then I just never got behind Chris Hero. I but, think
4: with Kevin, um, you know, he's he's done a, a very good job of adapting his uh, persona to appeal to a very very wide audience that you have to in WWE. Um, I would recommend going back and checking out some older stuff. Um, if you ever get a chance to watch the whole Steen generico feud with
3: uh, Carino and Jimmy Jacobs and all of that, yeah, I've seen some of it online and stuff. But I mean, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, and, and even when he first came to NXT, I, I, I dig him then big time. Like yeah. he was such a badass. I don't know, there's something about him. I just like don't get me wrong. I think it's I don't turn a channel off when he comes on. He's awesome, but I just yeah. not my guy. I guess, you know, I'm more of like a Randy Orton well, you guy. Or something. You
0: know. I actually watched what uh, was possibly but. Steen's last uh, Smash match against Tyson Dukes in uh, Toronto just recently on uh, YouTube, and thought it was pretty good. I think it went about half hour or so. Yeah, uh, amazing. Yeah,
4: and I mean it's hey, it, his uh, his one of his best attributes is his ability to his, his vo- uh, vocal abilities in the ring um, with his opponent or, you know, back in the independent wrestling days it was easy for, with fans uh, was just uh, unreal. Um, so, yeah, always a pleasure every time uh, you got to be up close because you're probably a victim of his uh, his verbiage.
0: <laughs> so I guess my question would be uh, because you get to do it. Sean, you got to. What's that? No, I was just asking if you had a question. Yeah, because uh, you get to do it anyways all the time with helping to figure out where the storylines are going with Smash. Is there any sort of match that you've thought of that you have not pulled, pulled together like a stipulation-ish that's never been seen that you'd love to see happen? Um,
4: nothing that's never been seen, but I, you guys are getting some information here that I haven't told anybody but Sebastian. Um, um,
3: Be careful because this this might (laughs) go there
4: That was fun I've been Okay so people make fun of me sometimes So I don't care though Um, One of my favorite matches And don't ask me why uh, Was in ECW It was called a double jeopardy match It was um, Steve Carino uh, Versus the Sandman And Justin Credible versus Jerry Lynn And the whole point of a double jeopardy match was You had your opponent but the two matches were going on In the ring at the same time and then the winners face each other right after. So if one guy beat ah. one guy, then he could wait till the other match was over, or like beat up the guy he wanted. Like I thought that was awesome. I thought you could do so many uh, dynamics for that.
3: Um, yeah, there could be so much to be done with that.
4: So I can't. I, so it's not like a new. It's only I think it's only happened once, and that was the match. But I've, I've pushed that every couple shows. I'm like, let's do this. <laughs>
0: um, that's kind of interesting because one of my uh, sort of dream uh, never done before matches is almost on that line where you have four guys who are in a heated battle like the titles on the line, but they cross see tag teams, and the tag team then has to be good together to face each other for the title or whatever.
4: So, so it's sort of like that's sort of thought. Interesting you bring that up. We actually have a match that we've done only once, and I want to bring it back too. It's called the Rival Schools Tag Match. And what that is, is two tag teams face off against each other, but the two teams are pairings of two, like, worst enemies. And then ah. the winning tag team gets a triple threat match for the title. So if you think huh. about it, you have to carry your enemy into a title match for yourself.
0: That's awesome.
4: Yeah, we've done, right. we did it once where Tarek and Brent's tagged, against uh, Scotty O'Shea and Tyson Dukes. And Brent and Tarek won and had a triple threat match with Matt Cross uh, for the title. Um, and I always thought that concept was awesome when you put together two rivals and, like, you have to work together because, you know, if you want your shot at the title, you have to essentially give a, a shot to your enemy.
3: Uh, that could be really interesting. <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: That's you well, seen uh, all the time, and so it wouldn't be worn out.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I like is when you see storylines or angles or concepts that are somewhat new. They haven't been done a million times over, or they have been done before, but they have a twist to them or whatever. It just keeps it fresh.
4: Yeah, and I mean it's good to have those in our, in our back pocket for when if we need them. I actually pitched uh, double again. Keep this on the DL, uh, but I uh, I pitched the the double Jeopardies, the finals for the Northern next year. So. Uh, we'll see. I
3: might have it in that way because it's unique. So we'll see. All right. Well, I have two other little questions slash points. One's a point and one's a question. Sure. And the the other one is, uh, of all the guys in in and around the area, you know, Ontario, Canada, even down in the States a little bit, indie wrestling period, I guess. Is there one name that comes to mind on the indie circuit that you would just love personally, just for your own sake, for your own fandom, I guess, to bring in and have him in a smash ring or her. And just because you're such a fan and it would, it would be, it would be awesome. And, and that's my question. But the second thing I would like to add quickly is that I guess it's a question as well. I feel that in, out of the current smash roster, I feel that Tarek is your constant. I feel like he's like an amazing performer. And like, no matter who you put in the ring with Tarek, Tarek can... I'm sure they all can, but Tarek can deliver a a high-quality match, almost to the point where Tarek could... I don't know why he's not, but he could easily be on NXT or 205 Live from week to week. That's Uh, how I I feel.
4: I totally agree, and if you look back at his uh, opponent history, there's a reason he got the Chris Heroes, Kyle O'Reilly's, Mark Haskins, um, and things like that, because he is uh, on that level. Um, And he is a constant, and he's great. Um, you know, there's the sky's the limit for that dude. As much, it's it's up to him. Um, you know, he just had a tag match with Tyson at the recent uh, Impact Explosion tapings. Um, so hopefully, we get to see more of him on that kind of platform. But um, someone that uh, indie-wise, I want to book. I don't know, man. We've kind of we've kind of had most of them. Um, there's guys that. Uh, you know, are now up and coming. That I mean, it's not a dream, but they're guys that I would love to have. Uh, Ilya Dragunov would be awesome. Um, uh, we haven't had Travis Banks yet. He would be awesome. Um, uh, Will Osprey would be legit. Uh, you know, a bunch of uh, dude, a bunch of New Japan guy I would have anybody uh, from <laughs> New Japan. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, I mean.
3: It's crazy. Well, it's crazy too, because in, in that same sense, some of these guys, like you know, like maybe some people know them, some people don't. But like going to these shows, these you know, whether it's Smash Wrestling or any other indie promotion, sometimes that's a good way to find some of these guys too. Because like I went to a fan show from put on by you guys. I think I paid five bucks or something, ridiculous. And Jason Cade was on your bill. Uh-huh. I didn't know. I didn't know who the guy was. But I'm like, well, this guy's freaking awesome. And then I've since watched YouTube matches, and I've seen that he's he's doing his thing down in the states. And I'm like, you, I just saw this dude for five bucks. Yeah, like that's two, you know, two Tim Hortons coffees in a week. And I saw, <laughs> you know, you know, a whole bunch of good guys that day, but particularly a guy that I never knew anything about. And I'm like, wow, you know, it's crazy that you can do that.
4: Yeah, MLW now for him, he's doing his thing real well. Um, and I mean, you're a fan. Look at how uh, well Daniel Garcia is doing for himself.
3: Yeah, but I mean, that was, honest to God, with Daniel Garcia, you almost can see it. It's inevitable almost. like He's like Tarek in a way. The sky's the limit for the guy. Sure, he's a smaller dude, but the sky is the limit for him. The guy's super talented. You can clearly tell. Yeah, it's a no brainer. Yeah, you know what I mean? like And don't get me wrong, I take nothing away from any of the guys. There's not a guy on the roster that I don't think is talented. But I mean, some guys come through and you just right away, you just look, okay, that guy's got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's going to do it. And I mean,. Yeah, Daniel Garcia. I've been on board since day one. I'm always touting signs for the guy and everything. Like, I mean, he's awesome. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I think we first saw him at Comic-Con.
3: Yeah, I think that was where we saw him. I mean, yeah, and Puff, too, you know? I caught his I mean, jacket. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, it goes back. We can say it over and over again. All the guys are great in their own aspect. They all are humble. They're all good. Like, Scott O'Shea is a great guy. They're all wicked, and I, I hope the best for all of them, and I hope they all get what they want and out of it, the whole thing. I mean, it's just, it's just yeah, I, yeah, we could just go on all night long just touting that. But, I mean, you got any more questions, John?
0: Well, I wanted to get into uh, some current stuff uh, with the storyline and where we're heading for Super Showdown on sure. August 26. Absolutely. So, Unfortunately, we didn't make the trip to Toronto uh, for the last CCW show with Smash, But I'm guessing a lot happened, considering there's now the match with Tarek and Sebastian that was set up there. I'm guessing Scotty O'Shea got involved with uh, some Kevin Blackwood stuff. And Joey Janela came out, and uh, I guess, representing Malice, and will now be... Number one contender, along with Tyson, for the vacant uh, Smash title. So, anything you want to address on those three uh, activities that happened during the CZW show? Yeah. Uh,
4: so uh, Sebastian Suave came out and basically, uh, you know, told uh, laid down the uh, the challenge for Tarek. Says they both can't exist the way they are. They're too similar, and uh, one has to come out on top. And he's right. Uh, you know, they are very similar. They came up through the system together. Sebastian Suave was a mentor to Tarek when they trained together and um, you know now it's a a last man standing match because uh, apparently the two of them uh, can't settle their differences otherwise and then you know you have um, uh, Scotty O'Shea um, you know he's he's, uh, off off his rocker first he he thinks he can lead Kevin Blackwood uh, down the path of, of his perceived righteousness and uh, you know, tried to hold something over Kevin Blackwood's head um, relating to one of Blackwood's best friends, Anthony Gaines. Um, and Blackwood basically, you know, uh, said that's it's not going to be like that anymore. And, and while we saw Shea uh, say that, you know, uh, all was water under the bridge and, and they could go their separate ways, uh, he proved that he is a, a master of mind games as he attacked Kevin Blackwood and, and said uh, they would be the Super Showdown as well. So those two are going to collide, uh, you know, in, in a, a meeting that's probably been brewing for, I would say, almost nine months now between those two. And then yeah, we saw uh, a
0: lot of that starting at uh, Northern where O'Shea pulled Blackwood from the match, but then Blackwood didn't uh, take it anymore and turned on O'Shea. Yeah. And I think Kill
4: Screen started in November, October. So uh, this is a long, a long time coming. This matchup, and then uh, the you know the the title match uh, with Malice, where the title's vacant. Malice uh, claimed to you know never having lost the title that they deserve to nominate somebody to uh, take their spot in that title match, as Tyson Dukes won the Northern and had the other spot. So they. I guess Joey Janela made a deal with the devil and uh, they've uh, nominated Joey Janela as a member of Malice to take on Tyson Dukes for the Smash Wrestling Championship, not before um, practically destroying Tyson Dukes' ankle uh, going into that match. So hopefully uh, Tyson can get back to 100%.
0: And we're, what, 31 days away from uh, Super Showdown?
4: Yeah. then we're going to find out the answers to all of those questions. I guess also awesome on that card, you
0: got uh, a BLT match with uh, tactiles on the line. Yes. A lot of machines. I, they were in last year's
4: match of the year with the What's in the Box match. Yeah. So now they're uh, making it bigger and better with tables, ladders, and boxes. Um, <laughs> and I can tell you uh, if if there's anybody out there who's considering coming to the show. Uh, you're not. You can't miss this live. Last year was incredible. They've we've have so many ideas. Uh, you got to see it live. It's gonna be amazing.
3: Well, those guys, Mike Rollins and Pepper, are like a heck of a performer. Those guys are awesome. Like they've they've been since day one since the first time I saw them. Both of those guys can really get a crowd going.
0: Oh yeah. Not often can you see Mike Rollins versus Mike Rollins and be entertained.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> Well, I, 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 I like it now on the same level as I've heard stories of Dolph Ziggler wrestling a broom, you know, at a house show or something. And it's the same. Like it's a, Mike Rollins can fight Mike Rollins and everyone can be on their feet. It's, it's, it's a you know it's a sight to see. Well, yeah, there's videos out there of guys who are
4: fantastic, like Kenny Omega wrestling a, a young girl and, and bumping like a champ. And, and uh, you know, what was it? Uh, Kota Ibushi wrestling a blow-up doll and it looking like an incredible match. And, I mean, Jim Cornette's freaking out somewhere, but
3: um, Smoking Mountain <laughs> never went anywhere, so there you go. Um, yeah, but that's the that, that's the point, though, is sometimes, you know, sometimes wrestling is obviously a business and whatnot, and you, uh, you obviously want everyone to leave happy and stuff, but sometimes you have to have a, a little bit of fun, too. You know, it's all fun, but, I mean, I mean, I mean like, sometimes you just got to, you know, let it hang out and have a little bit of, you know, a, a, yeah. a little
4: laugh here and there don't take yourself too seriously. And not, exactly. no in this world, do people take themselves too seriously all the time? And at the end of the day, it's professional wrestling, you know, so you're there to entertain, you're there to, to have fun. And I mean, if, if people leave with smiles on their faces, I don't think you can argue. I agree.
3: <laughs> all right. Well, th- that was the topics I wanted to cover there. That's the three of the things I had to had planned. So if it's Sean or James
0: have anything else to say, yeah, I'm uh, pretty good. Like I said, I wanted to uh, find out what all happened at the CZW show and look forward to uh, the Super Showdown. I'm hoping to maybe do another road trip if I can convince the boys, and uh, yeah, do a road trip diary like we did for the Northern and cover it because it is essentially the WrestleMania of Smash Wrestling. Uh, well,
4: yeah, it's well, we we're, we're saying it's the Super Showdown without the dash, you know, so. Uh... <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, you know, Gord, you'll have to come by too. Yeah, you know, it, it just I, I, I would love to go to a Toronto show. I absolutely would love to go. I see them on TV and, and, and whatnot, and your crowds.
0: Are- i like to thank James Key and Gordon for being a part of this great interview. Sorry for any uh, technical difficulties that might have occurred with uh, volume. We're actively working to figure out the difficulties and make our broadcasts even more crisper than what it already is. Unfortunately, our phone call did end early, and we didn't uh, get to touch on any of the exciting news involving the connection with Impact Wrestling that was announced at the London show recently. However, I do hope to get either another conversation with James, Sebastian Suave, or Alan, to help fill in some blanks when they're ready to f- and make announcements about the great connection between the two organizations. If by chance you're not able to attend Super Showdown 6, be sure to uh, check the upcoming calendar to find out where and how you can attend a live event. In the month of September, you can find Smash Wrestling all over Ontario. Such as on September 16th, the Rec Room in Toronto will be hosting 102, a mystery show. Last year they had the 100 event and it was a mystery show when you wouldn't know what was going to happen until you arrived. They bring that back again this year on September 16th at the Rec Room in Toronto. Then you can go to the London Music Hall on September 23rd for London Vacation. And finally, on September 30th, Kitchener will once again welcome Smash Wrestling back to the taste of the tannery. Don't test karma. For tickets to these shows and much more, including merchandise, you can go find everything you need at smash-wrestling.com. Thank you for joining me for this episode, and I'll be back with more details from and news from WWE Impact Wrestling and everybody else in between. But for now, this was our special Smash Wrestling episode. Thank you for joining me, and remember, you can find this podcast either on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple iTunes, or Google Podcasts. You can find us on Facebook at Wrestling or on Twitter at scumbags.ca. Until next time, have a great one. Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night.